It's been quite a journey over the last six months, hasn't it? Let's open our books. Hebrews chapter 13. If you don't have them with you, it's in your insert, in your bulletin. And let's do this. Let's finish this. Finish it the way I hope the Lord wants us to finish it. So we're in the final chapter of Hebrews, starting in verse 22. The author writes, I appeal to you, brothers, bear with my word of exhortation. For I have written to you briefly. (laughs) I wonder what one of his long letters looks like. You should know that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom I shall see you if he comes soon. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. Those who come from Italy send you greetings. Grace be with you. Grace be with all of you. When I read this, of course, you know, the studier in me said, oh, he knows Timothy. That's a clue. Oh, he knows people in Italy. That's a clue. But that's not what the Lord has for us today. (laughs) The Lord has exhortation. The Lord has a summary of, so what did you get from this journey that I brought you on? Because he brought us on this journey. He's the one who, who... put it in the heart of uh, Brendan, and here we are. So that's what I think he's saying is, what, what did you take away? What is it? What do you have? It's like the closing argument of a case. It's like a testimony of the final, you know, where we're gonna say, okay, the plaintiff rests their case, the defense rests its case, and in the court of law, the testimony is really important, isn't it? And I think that's what the writer of Hebrews has given us. He says brief, I say long. A long testimony of what he says Jesus is. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you that he's better than this, and he's better than that, and he's greater than this, and he's greater than that. Let me tell you over and over and over in all different kinds of ways who he is. That's the testimony of the writer. Testimonies are really powerful. They carry a lot of weight with them because nobody can argue with your personal testimony. It really carries a lot of power when you say, this is, all I know is this is where I was and this is where I am because of Jesus. Nobody can argue with that. It's the greatest tool we have when we're just witnessing and living out our faith in front of others. It's our testimony. It's so powerful. In the dictionary, the testimony says it's a statement or declaration of a witness under oath or affirmation, usually in court. Second definition, evidence is in support of a fact or statement. Proof. Testimony is proof. The writer of Hebrews says, let me prove to you who Jesus is. Don't go back to your old ways. Because remember, this is to a a group of people who are suffering and under persecution and they want to go back to the old ways of which they know. And And this writer says, no, let me prove to you there's a better way. Let me prove to you there's a greater way. Let me prove to you it's not worth going back to what you know. Hang on to it. Hang on to it. It's proof. And so when I was preparing for this message a week, um, 
about a week ago, a week ago Friday, Scott and I, my husband Scott and I, went golfing with Jamie Carlson and uh, Greg Hazen. And I shot the worst game of my life, by the way, uh, just to let Jamie know that was the worst game of my life. That was just for him. But when we were on the golf course, I was thinking about this message, and I asked Jamie, I said, Jamie, how do you know Jesus is greater than? How do you know that? Can you come up, Jamie? And he gave me an answer. And I thought, I think we need to talk about this. As a community, as a Bridgewood community church, how would we answer this for each other? How would we say, you know, I know Jesus is greater than because. And so I asked Jamie if he would come up here and share what he wants to share about that. Um, so when Sharon asked me that, I, I told her patience. Um, and she yeah, asked on me. the golf course, he told me patience. <laughs> what, wait a minute, was that for... No, I'm just no, kidding. That was for me too, so... Um, and she asked me to explain on that a little bit more. Um, so I'm thinking about, kind of like she said, um, about where I was and kind of where I am or who i become. Um, I've spent my whole life avoiding this situation right here, getting up in front of people and sharing thoughts, feelings, emotions. It's just, you know, I've done a very good job at not doing that, but um, he's been patient with me and, and taken me down the road and put in front of me a um, number of people, many of which are even sitting in this room here right now with us, that have worked with me, showing me, you know, through small groups and through men's groups and just fellowship and people coming up alongside through the various things in life. Because um, there's lots of things there, like I told Sharon, that, that I know Jesus is greater through um, my marriage, my relationships, my finances, you know, losing loved ones and stuff like that. So... Um, yeah, that's... Jamie, how did you get from a place where you never thought you'd be doing this to saying yes to doing this? Um, that I don't really know other than Jesus because I, I couldn't do this by myself. I didn't. And, you know, Like I said, it's taken me a long time to learn it mm-hmm. and I've still got a long way to go, I think. But mm-hmm. um, it, that's all on, on Jesus and, and mm-hmm. trusting and, and having him in my life and yeah. being able to rest with him. From Hebrews, like the yeah. the pastors have talked this way, just finding some true rest in Jesus, I think, has been a big thing for me. Because six months ago, I probably wouldn't have done this either. So, so I hear you saying that resting in the Lord, being in proximity with Him, mm-hmm. and the people here, in the yep. community, has brought you from one place to a new place. Yes, is the new place better? Do you like the new place? Much better. A little uncomfortable at times, but it is. It's much better. <laughs> it's much better. So great. Thank you, Jamie. And Jamie has a great golf game, by the way. Uh, Over the past year and a half that I've been here, um, I've had the privilege of working on a team, the leadership team, with Craig Houliston. And Craig was actually part of the team that interviewed and hired me, along with Scott Sterling. So if you have any problems with me, talk to them. And I asked Craig the same question. I said, Craig, tell me, how, how would you answer this question? I know Jesus is greater than because. Well, it's interesting. I've been kind of on an unusual journey the last oh, six months to a year or so. Um, yeah, I'm kind of middle-aged, and I've struggled a little bit career-wise to think, okay, is this really what I want to do? You know, 
in my current employment, which has been very gracious to me, just wondering, Lord, is, is this really it? And um, it's been kind of an interesting season here the past few months where there's been some challenges at work from the perspective of we had a major reorganization here just very recently. And out of that, you know, was told there's a very good chance one of your team members, Craig, you're going to have to lay them off. And then also followed with the message of, oh, and by the way, your position's at risk too. So, you know, that's always great to hear. And um, in addition to that, just to kind of add on to that, about a week after that, we were told from our new boss that, well, you know, the financial numbers for the rest of the year are looking pretty grim. So therefore, you probably have to cut another person. So it's just kind of a, a mix of sort of funky news on the work front and the career front. But... Um, you know, throughout that, it, you know, hearing that news is very unsettling, and you know, you've got bills to pay, things like that. So, for me, really struggled, have struggled here over the last few months with some discouragement, um, days of depression, wondering, Lord, what in the world do you want me to do when I grow up? You know, I've been doing this for a while, and it's just like, okay, is this really it? So, just a, a real challenging time for me uh, in my walk, and just in life in general, you know, being discouraged about work and whatnot and all the fear that can go with that. Mm -hmm. And what's been interesting is that through this six-month period of doing Hebrews, you know, a number of things have hit me, whether it's been Tom's sermon on faith, which just totally hit me upside the head, and I think it's maybe the second or third time I've heard of it. It was just like, wow. Uh, And then just some of the other messages that I've heard, and actually there's a verse I wanted to share, a passage that just has really hit me upside the head even more. And it's uh, out of Hebrews 13. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So I, will, so I say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And, you know, just throughout this journey of difficulty here and just kind of wondering, Lord, what's going on here? You know, the friends and the relationships that I have with folks in this church and being able to pray with people and know that people are praying for me and that I have a safe place to interact with folks to say, hey, you know, my job's in jeopardy and all of the emotion that goes along with that. Uh, it's been very powerful for me. So it's a place of, do I want to rest in fear or do I want to rest in God's word, which is that foundation for me, which has been obviously way better than being in that place. But sometimes we get stuck there and we don't even know it. And I've just been very fortunate Mm -hmm. through the messages and just the the relationships I have here that good people and, and the Lord has kind of pulled me from that place such that today I'm in a much more confident, peaceful place than I was maybe weeks or months ago. Thanks, Craig. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, What has this season, how has your relationship with the Lord changed through this season? (laughs) Um, You kind of sometimes get to a place where you're so desperate in your circumstance, the one I was referring to, where you just go, Lord, (laughs) Abba, Father, help me out here. Uh, And I bite quite a bit, and one of the things you know, I always think of when I'm out biking, it's kind of my cathedral. You know, I'm out on the bike paths and in nature and things like that, and I get a lot of good thinking done. And I found myself, and not to sound kooky or corny or anything, but I find myself a lot of times, and I bike usually no hands. It's just what I do. I love the balance and all of that kind of stuff. And I find myself very often like this. And where I'm just like, all I can say is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And... It's such a place of, I don't know, not to over-spiritualize this, but surrender just to say, I have no answers, Lord. This, I, I've, only, I've only got you to figure this situation out in my life. So 
that's just it. I have to rest in him. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. The message of, of today came when I was wrestling myself with how do you sum up Hebrews? Uh, I have no idea. Jesus. And I started realizing the testimony that Hebrews is. And I was brought to Matthew chapter 16. And if you have your Bibles, you can open them to Matthew chapter 16. I also have it up here. And what is happening is Jesus is with his disciples. And we'll start with verse 13. When when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So he's asking, what does the world say? Who does the world say that I am? So he asks the disciples this first, but then he doesn't leave it there. Then he says to them, but who do you say I am? But who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It's interesting to me that the context of what the world is saying, we want us to be aware of that. And in today's world right now, in this moment, aren't we aware of what the world is saying Jesus is? And in that context and in that place, that's where Jesus says, but that's not the most important question. The most important question is who do you say I am? And I think that's what Hebrews was all about. I think the testimony of Hebrews is, let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you all about him. Let me tell you that he's better than the angels. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than the the old law. He's the once and the final and the perfect sacrifice. He's all these things. Let me tell you about who he is so that you don't get pulled by the ways of the world and you stay with me and you stay with him. It's a testimony that's powerful. Craig and Jamie's testimonies are powerful because it's, it's faith in action. It's seeing the kingdom here and now in their lives. I was this, but Jesus in my life, the proximity I am with, in, with Jesus and the proximity I am with in community changes me. It's why we, Mark Spencer is, He just champions community so much, and so does Brendan, and it's why we say, please go across the room and say hi to somebody you don't know. Please go have coffee with someone and ask them, tell me your journey, tell me your story. Because it's powerful. It's powerful, it's an exhortation. It's encouraging, and we need it. We will die without it. When I say die, I mean we will spiritually drift away. It's probably more accurate than we will die. To me, it would feel like death to spiritually drift drift away. Because, you see, what the world offers, the glitter that the world offers is like tinny. It's not gold. It's tinny and it's temporal. But the presence of Jesus, he offers brilliance. He offers a brilliant light that's everlasting. 
and I want that. I want that. So the answer to this question, who do you say I am, is critical. And do you know it in your head? Yeah, we can very much confess. I come from a Lutheran background. The Apostles' Creed was said all the time. You can very much confess what you believe. But when it gets here, it's something different. Craig's journey, uh, Jamie's journey, it moves something from here to here. It brought Craig to the end of himself where he said, all I have is Jesus. It moved it. And then notice, I also noticed this. Jesus doesn't say, hey, Peter, hey, disciples, tell me what I've done for you. Tell me all the great things that I've done for you. Will you tell me? Recite for me everything I've done. He doesn't say that. He says, tell me who I am. Tell me whom I am. So many times I, uh, when I work with um, people who come in for prayer, we do this appreciation exercise where we appreciate Jesus. And I do this too. And I begin by saying, thank you. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you that you brought me into the light. Thank you that you redeemed me. Thank you that you helped me through this situation. Thank you that you did, that you did, that you did. But appreciation sounds like this. Lord, I appreciate that you are love. I appreciate that you are never ending. I appreciate that you are the Prince of Peace and the Redeemer. I appreciate that you are always with me and that you never leave me and you never forsake me. Can you hear the difference? It's not about what Jesus did. It's about who he is. And I think that's why he asks the question, who do you say I am? Because it's important. It's important. Love me. Love Jesus for who he is. When we can get to that place, and I'm not saying not be grateful. I think gratitude is extremely important. Keeping a gratitude journey is helpful. It's a discipline that is extremely important. But I'm thinking there's something even deeper that when it's more about, what he, when it's more about who he is than what he did for us, it sinks to our heart. This is who Jesus is. I acknowledge who he is. Not only do I acknowledge it with my head, but I know it in my heart. And I think that's how Jesus wants us to love him. He wants us to love him for who he is. He wants us to love him because he's the son of the living God. He wants us to love him because he's the Messiah. He wants us to love him because he's for us. He wants us to love him because he's, he's love. He's the vine because of who he is. This weekend, I watched a documentary, <laughs> of course, on um, Skid Row. And Skid Row is about 50 square blocks in um, Los Angeles. I've only been there once. And it was, the title of the video on Netflix was called Lost Angels, Skid Row is My Home. And this is a couple, Kevin Cohen, they call him KK and Leanne. And Leanne loves to collect garbage. And so she wheels this shopping cart around the streets of L.A., downtown L.A., and she puts all of her garbage in there. She puts bags, um, cups, uh, cardboard pieces, um, straws, whatever she can find, she collects it. And it's all overflowing and hanging all over her, her um, grocery cart. And she loves it. And her number one goal is to feed the cats and feed the birds. And she's so cute. She's on this, on this show and she's like, well, my biggest complaint is that they don't have fresh water for the cats and the birds. 
And then you have Kevin Cohen. He walks the streets and keeps people safe. They're engaged. They're going to be married. So I'm watching this documentary, and I hate to even say this, but it is the truth. Um, There was so much judgment in my heart. It was, it was, it was pretty, I don't know what the right word is. It was bad. (laughs) I'm like, well, you know, you got there on your own. You know, you could do something about this. You two are a couple. It's just ugly. You're you're kind of weird. But I was intrigued. I was intrigued. And then I was in that place and I'm watching it and I'm always intrigued by people's lives and their stories. And then the Lord said to me, do you see it? And I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm feeling something. I'm connecting with something. And he says, they love each other for who they are, not what they do. And KK, they interviewed him at the end, and he said, if I had money, if I was rich, I would buy 60 acres, and I would build Leanne a house, and I would let her live in the house, and he says, oh, and I would let her collect all the garbage she wants to collect, and I would let her have as many cats as she wants. And I would, and he was just emotionally telling of what he would do for her. And I would, I would, put up a fence so that nobody could bother her. He loved her just for who she was and he celebrated what she loved. You know, my husband's out in the garage for five hours on a Saturday and I'm like, well, when is he gonna come in? You know, I mean, he's enjoying himself. He's, he's building something, a project that he loves to do. He's building a new cage for our drummer and he loves to do it and I'm going, well, how come that was five hours on Saturday and six hours on Sunday? Why can't I say, I'm so happy for him that he's doing something he loves? Just love him for where, who he is and love him for what he loves to do. That's what they did. And it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. This week, uh, this past week, I actually has been a couple of months. My personal story over the last couple of months has been really super hard. I don't know why, just in a funk, just not doing well, um, not really f- being able to connect back to joy very well, and I just was like, not really caring about very much, complaining about everything around me, complaining about how much time Scott's spending in the garage, which usually isn't like me. Well, I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. (laughs) I hope it's not. (laughs) And I just was crabby, just crabby. And I knew the Lord was wrestling with me. And on on Tuesday, Brendan comes into my office and he goes, what's going on? And I said, don't ask me that. Because I know when Brendan comes into your office and asks you what's going on, he's not going to settle for fine. Like, don't ask me that. And I just started saying, I don't know. I just, 
I'm wrestling, I'm struggling, and I can't put my finger on it, and, and I just can't get back to joy, and I don't know where Jesus really is. And On Monday, the day before, I was in my room, and I was in, in bed. It was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm wearing a Fitbit. Does anyone have Fitbits in here where you keep track of how many steps you're doing? It was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I had done 206 steps. That's probably like three trips to the bathroom and one trip to the refrigerator. That's it. That's all I did. And I'm laying in bed, and I, I'm laughing now, but at the time, I was just a mess. And I had the covers over my head, and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. How can I be preparing for a message? And I'm complaining some more. I'm supposed to go on a f- walk with a friend and I called her and I said, I'm not going to be very good company. I'm not going to go. That good friend came and got me. But while she, before she got there, I was just sitting there and I was like, all I got is Jesus. That's all I got. So I just started to say his name. Just started to proclaim Jesus. Jesus. Then my mind would drift and try and rationalize it, try and strategically figure it out, and then I'd come back and I'd go, no, Jesus. When, I ans- when, I, when the question is asked, who do you say I am? It's, he's everything. He's everything, and it's a really Christianese way to say it, but I don't know how else to say it. It's so hard to find the words. He's everything. And Brendan said to me on Tuesday, he says, you know, he's not just a when you need him, Jesus. He's an always with us, Jesus. He's an always with us, Jesus. That's all I had, Jesus, Jesus. That's all I had. So my friend came to get me and we walked around Como Lake, put on some more steps. So I didn't get to 10,000, but I did put more on. And it, it up, helped me uplift. So I have, my friend comes to get me. I have a conversation with Brendan on Tuesday. And things start to get better. See, when we're with Jesus and when we're with each other, we receive stuff. We receive hope. We receive encouragement. We receive love. We receive exhortation. We receive peace. Being a follower of Jesus Christ, we receive salvation. We receive redemption. We receive brightness in a dark place. We receive so much. So why does it feel sometimes like it's so hard to get to them? I don't know. But I know that we have to keep trying and we have to keep fighting for that because it's worth it. He's the answer to everything. Sometimes it's helpful to know what he takes. He takes stuff. Do you know that? He takes depression. He takes anxiety. He takes fear of heights. He takes the fear of darkness. He takes sin. He takes shame. He takes things too. So if maybe what you'll get out of the relationship isn't enough, maybe what he'll take will draw you near to him. Because it's worth it. Some people, there's three categories of people. When you say Jesus is everything, some people will say, amen. That's right. Jesus is everything. Sometimes they'll say it from here because they've learned it. My hope for Bridgewood 
So we say it from here. That we can say, amen. He is everything. He's everything. Some people will say, and we're all in these seasons in different times. I've been all, I go all over this, this range. Sometimes we say, I hope it's true. I don't know if I have enough to believe it right now or if I know enough to believe it, but I sure hope it's true. I hope he is everything because that's what I'm investing in. That's where I'm banking. So I hope it's true. And some of us, when we say, you know, Jesus is everything, we might not say this out loud, but on the inside we might go, prove it. Prove it because it's not my experience. It's not my experience. And that's where testimony comes in. That's when we hear a story from Craig, a story from Jamie, we, and I share about my week, and we hear these things, and we get together as a community, and we go have coffee, and we say, tell me your story. That's where it moves us from prove it to I hope so to amen. That's why it's so important that we're together and that we spend time together. And no matter where you are, the truth is the same. Jesus is greater than He's that greater than we know in the world. He's the same I am Moses met at the burning bush. Jesus is everything to man and the only way to God. That's the truth. No matter where we are in life, the truth is Jesus is the everything to man and the only way to God. It's who he is. So who do you say that I am? If Jesus were standing here right now and asking you this question, who do you say I am? Have an answer. And if you don't, that's okay. But wrestle with it until you do. Wrestle with it until you do. It's really important because it determines how we live it out. It determines how the world sees it. It determines how we express his love to the world. Because the truth about Jesus is that he is the exact representation of God. All through Hebrews we heard this. He is better than the angels. He is greater than Moses. He is the perfect salvation and the perfect sacrifice. He is the anchor for our souls. He is the one that pulls us back when we're drifting. He's the once for all perfect and final sacrifice. When you're spiritual hungry, spiritually hungry, he's the bread of life. If you're spiritually thirsty, he's living water. He's a good shepherd. He's the redeemer. He's the anchor that holds us. When you're lonely, he's a friend. When you're depressed, he's a comforter. Over and over and over, scripture tells us who he is. And it's a pivotal question in our journey. Who do you say that I am? He's a wonderful counselor, Alpha, Omega, Prince of Peace, Lord of Lords, the great I Am, Messiah, Holy, Emmanuel. And when we don't have anything left in our tanks and the only thing we can do is call out his name, it's powerful. It's powerful and it brings us back. The discipline of the Lord is so sweet so sweet because sometimes it's when we have nothing, it's the sweetest time because we hang on to him so closely. We hang on to him so closely when we have nothing. So get close, stay close, and hang on to Jesus with everything you got.
That's the exhortation of Hebrews. Get close, stay close. Hang on with everything you got because he is everything. He's everything and he's enough. So who do you say that I am? He's a lot. But I ask you, just challenge you, identify it. So that when someone says, who is Jesus? You can say, let me tell you. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story of what he did in my life. And I'll tell you who he is. And when we know who he is, then we can worship him unabandoned. We're like, Lord, you are everything. I love you. I love you. I love you. I worship you. I praise you. You are the greatest thing. You are greater than anything that I've come across in this world. You're greater than anything I can dream or imagine. You are greater than it all. He's he's just the best. That's the exhortation of Hebrews. When I asked Jesus, what do you want me to say to them? He goes, tell them I'm the answer. I'm like, well, that sounds kind of simple. But to live it out, sometimes it's not so simple to know that he's the answer and that he is the great I am. The great I am that says, I am the great I am. I am the great I am. So let's worship the great I am. Let me pray. Father, thank you that you are the great I am. Thank you that you are the name above all names. Thank you that we can come to you when we have nothing and that you are always with us, God. Always with us. Never leaving us, never forsaking us. Father, would you please, would you help us to see that this week and would you help to sink that from our head to our hearts and cement it into our souls so that we're not so easily tossed to and fro. Thank you, Lord for who you are. Father, I pray that as we uh, move into a time of giving and offering, Lord, that we would give unto you. That we would give unto who you are. Not because we have to. Not because we're obligated to or we should. But because you're just that great. You're just that great. Bless the offering. And Lord, may you receive this worship as an offering too. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship and lay our lives down at your feet. Let's worship Tell him that he's all that we need. You're all we need, Lord. Jesus, we thank you. We lift our hearts in praise. Cause it's you we love. It's you.
It's you we love. It's you we love. 